0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Iglap. Of course, it's me, Paolo. And today we have another episode. So it's one of those rare times in one week that we have more than one episode. Uh, but today's episode is really going to be fun. We'll be discussing um, finance slash investment, uh, fitness, which obviously I'm not uh, you know, into so far. Uh, and of course, uh, dating, a bit of dating. So it's going to be a great episode that I'm sure a lot of you will be able to you know, enjoy and, uh, sorry, I'm just going to wipe my camera a bit. Yeah, enjoy and have fun with. So, yeah. So today's guest, actually, this is his first time here on Iglap, So it's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, he's someone that I feel should have been here earlier, but that's okay. Uh, so he is a business development manager for HRM. Uh, He graduated under Dean's List from DLC Manila with a degree in management of financial institutions. Uh, he has six years of professional experience in investments and in banking, which it's, which included, sorry, uh, deals syndication of IPOs and primary fixed rate insurances across different market demographics. He is a licensed capital markets professional that I did not know and fixed incomes market salesman from the SEC or Security Exchange Commission. So he's a licensed fixed income trader and foreign exchange trader from the BAP, or Bankers Association of the Philippines. So welcome to IGLAP for the very first time, JP Chong. So hey, JP.
1: Hi, Paolo. Good evening. I thank got you kind of
0: mid-drinking, no?
1: <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm just getting my liquid luck or liquid courage, if you will. But <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. I've been an avid fan of the the series. Of course, I watched Ashes. I watched uh, the last week's episode. Yeah. Thank you, thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah. Very interesting topic that uh, topics that we will be covering for tonight. Uh, I know uh, it's something that well, I'm mostly experienced on, I guess, uh, especially in finance, fitness, if you will. Of course, you know me since college, uh, yeah. way back in 2011. So I was very yeah. heavy set that those times, those years, around 87 kilos at the height at the height of like five three. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. Again, thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah. And so, you very, know, it's very exciting nice you know, to have you. Elaborative.
1: Um, yeah. What do you call this? Elaborative um, introduction, if you will. Thank you very yeah. much for that one. But
0: actually, that's your introduction. It feels like something very LinkedIn-like. So how about this? Why um, <laughs> do you do it yourself for like a, maybe like a Facebook or a Bumble type situation? Not, because, I mean, you know, your introduction was awesome. You know, it's perfect. Uh, especially if I wanted to, you know, know more about you in terms of your professional side. But why don't yeah. you get to know JP Chung more on the personal side? Like if I see you in the
1: mall or in the
0: park or something like that.
1: All right. Uh, thank- okay, sure. No worries. Uh, but, all right. I, I guess I start with uh, JP. Uh uh you guys, you can call me JP. My full name is John Paul. Uh very, very common name actually. Um, so thank you very much for of course joining us this morning. So if we would like to briefly introduce myself on a non-professional level, um, just like a, you know, a Facebook profile type, Tinder Bumble, what have you. So I'm just a uh, very outgoing guy. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not that tall. I'm 5'3", um, extrovert, if you will. I really like talking to people, conversing with others. Uh, I really can talk a lot. I tend to talk sometimes too much. Um, Paulo knows this. We would, like, start talking and drinking, of course, Uh, way back 10 years ago in Taft days. We'd start around 7. We'll end around 2 a.m. We would talk about around anything. At you would remember those days. We'd start at 7 after my classes. And we would, like, go home at around 2 a.m. or sometimes at 5 5 a.m. eating at McDonald's in Taft. So yeah, so yeah, mostly we talk about anything. I can usually talk about, well, I get any topic actually. I don't I really like to learning new things from others as well. So any topic, like it may be, I don't know religion, politics, or even down to like the simple stuff like how to make weeds or how to make um, certain crafts or materials. really, uh, mostly that's it, I guess. Outgo, out go um, like travel. Mostly, but given the current situation we have right now, that seems to be limited. But I've traveled during the pandemic safely, of course. Um, so you have your the protocols of yeah, you get vaccinated or you need to have your testing before you go to a certain place. We make do. And a little bit of economic side, uh, we're starting to see the situation starting to normalize, I guess. Hopefully, in a year, couple of years' time, not back to the old ways, but more to the new normal, as they call it. Yeah, Great. That's it? So yeah. the first thing I want to yeah, ask you, also, you Tinder profile, so I'm a sucker for dogs. Um, I can be easily kidnapped in a white van full of dogs, and that's has not happened before. If will if it will happen, I guess it's most probable that I, one time I got late for work because I was. Playing with this dog on the way to work. So, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> okay. So
0: the first thing I want to ask you is: so you sure. took up um, finance, right, in college? So what into what made you interested in taking that up? I mean, that's a really heavy kind of course, right? That, that's not an easy course at all. So um, yeah.
1: What, mostly, what, what, what to be very honest, I took finance because I at a young age I really start i had that interest for stocks my uncle is a stock trader and he would tell me stories my parents would wanted a different path for me i guess they wanted me to become either your typical parents You're, you, you have to be a doctor you have to be a lawyer my, my mom is an accountant my dad's an engineer so they wanted me to exactly. be someone like them or if not like them like a doctor or a lawyer so when i took up uh well entrance examinations I really told them that I would really go into the investments field. I find it interesting and I like money. So (laughs) I like money. I like making money. So might as well uh, do it. And I find more, I'm more, not love, but I'm more comfortable on the the mathematics side of things. Uh, For me, I easily comprehend math or numbers. It's hard for me to really read so much. Books or I, I read books, but like those type. If you're if you're practicing to be a lawyer, of course you have to read lots of journals. Also, yeah. yeah, hours have to put in it. I don't think my ADHD can not handle that. So yeah, it's more fine of uh, it's more of the mathematics in, in it has been a ride a challenge. I would not take any course other than that. I guess yeah.
0: That's cool. So I'm just wondering though, like what do you think is something that, because when I hear finance, right? Yeah. I automatically think of like stocks or something like that or investment in general, right? But what is something about finance that you think not a lot of people know about it? I mean, like for yeah. me, the first thought is like stocks and investment, right? But I don't know if that's the only thing. I'm sure there's like way more than that, right? So what is something that a lot of people may not know about the finance you know, uh, industry or the finance career choice?
1: that's a very actually interesting question um during college uh we had this professor who really wanted who championed for financial literacy especially here in the philippines that at a young age were not really taught about how to handle money at most we were we will we were taught about a simple basic economics a simple um basic you know bookkeeping or accounting but finance in general like yeah people would hear stocks hear ipo up. Uh, uh, me coming from an investment banking background, um, you, you, I would always hear IPOs, yeah. um, bonds, You would always mutual funds, UITF. So because the investment side of finance is the most popular one. It's because it's the money generating part of finance, right? Of course, you would hear that your one peso today could be three pesos the next day or whatever. But there's so much into it. If you go into the um, nitty-gritty parts of banking, you have your loans. You have your savings account, you have your checkings account, you have your credit cards. It's, it's part of finance. Make Case in point, anything that has to do with money. Simple as a savings account. So people really don't, for me uh, personally speaking, people don't see the value of that granular part of finance. Like some people would, well, we call this financial leveraging. Some people would borrow money to make more money. Like take out the loan, invest it, pay the interest, have your income. So it's something yeah. that it's something that should be, I think, personally, that should be discussed more. Of course, you have your kids to twelves now, at least as simple as that. Because as a young age, if you have that um, idea that you can really make uh, your, for example, your small savings make you work for you, that that should be fine, right? At a young age, you could be earning as more. You would hear or see stories online that there are lots of people earning, like young millionaires here. Young at the, before 25, I already hit a million, for example, for, for others. Or the youngest uh mil- billionaire at the age of 30, 35.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go back to that now. Sure. Uh because in you know, I don't know if, if you would agree with me, but it's true that, you know, in the Philippines especially, the we don't have that many citizens. Wow, I sound like a CNN host, no? We don't have that many people, sorry, we don't have that many Filipino people who really have a bank account. I mean, a bank account for them is like their payroll account, which is not the bank, which technically is a bank account, but it's not a savings account, if, I, if you were to put it right. Uh, yeah. Would you know, like how, little they're, they're, like, how little in terms of Filipinas have do you remember the percentage? I can't remember anymore. I think it was like
1: I can't give you the actual number, but coming yeah. from three banks, coming from in terms of profession speaking, their yeah. their target right now is be is banking the unbanked, or for those who don't have a bank account, to have a bank account, but Before you would hear, um, to open a savings account, you need three thousand pesos or five thousand pesos. Usually five. Yeah, they're lowering it down now. There are payroll accounts with zero maintaining balance. And you would see as early as a young, they would create different banking products such as like your Jumpstart. Like as young as as 13 years old, you can already have your bank account. So in terms of the actual number, I cannot give you that number. I completely forgot. But seeing the direction of the banks right now, that they want to tap that kind of market, it shows that it's a huge number. That's like an opportunity for them to go into. Also, there's the rise of fintechs. Like your Gcash, your, uh, of course, um right PMaya. now in my job, yeah, PMaya, of course, um, my job. I had like a couple of weeks, like past two weeks, I had meetings with four or five FinTech startups here in the Philippines, and they are growing in numbers. You'd be surprised, and it's really a, a an untapped market, if you will. Yeah.
0: So I want to ask you know, JP, quick one long no, since you're the closest to a banker I can actually talk to. <laughs> uh, because I I hear that banks consider savings account as liabilities, not really as uh what they call those um assets. Assets are. Thank you. So I'm just wondering, like. How does like these banks, right? Let's say me. I obviously I have a save. I have a few savings accounts, right? How does a bank earn from me putting my money in the in the bank? Let's assume that I'm not like a billionaire or anything. Like I'm just a regular dude. You know what I mean? Because of course, if I put a billion pesos in the bank, then I'm sure they can do whatever, right? But like if I'm just a normal dude, you know, without a billion pesos, how do they earn from my savings account?
1: Sure. All right. Uh, it's a very good question. Um, you're correct. Banks consider deposits as liabilities. It's because, um, a good example would be if you put your money in a savings account, um, it earns interest around one, If I'm not mistaken, the highest that I've seen it's around one point twenty five percent gross per annum. So yeah. banks have to pay have to pay their uh their depositors or their, um, customers with that interest. It, but still, they would deem the whole amount as a liability. It's because we are getting your money and we, ha- and, and we have to bring it back if you need it. Like for example, you go to the ATM and just withdraw your money. Yeah. Um, banks make money out of this by lending them out. As I've mentioned earlier, there are different types of bank products. Um, I mentioned loans. So yeah. banks or financial intermediaries as we call them, they make money by getting other people's money. So I lend money, for example, Paolo, I'm going to borrow, for example, 5,000 pesos from you. And our friend, Ash, for example, needs 5,000 pesos. So, Paolo, I'm going to borrow 5,000 pesos from you. I'm going to pay you 5,050 pesos. Ash, I'm going to lend you 5,000 pesos, but pay me back 5,100, for example. So that 50 pesos spread, as we call it, it's my income already. It's because I know you, I know you need money, and I know someone I I know you, I know you have money, and I know someone who needs money. So it's more of, they are that institution that knows people who have money and knows other people who needs money. So they make a profit out of that. So it could be a a very, very simple example is would be a loan through a loan. It could, they would also trade it. Um, They would invest your money. um, If it grows, whatever the income is, I'll pay you if you need your money. I can give it to you back, and thank you for uh, for lending me your money. I made it grow. I, I I grew it, and now I have income.
0: Okay, I always wondered because I always thought, yeah, they probably use my money for something. But thank you for you know making it very simple and all. So going back to the whole fintech thing, because me, I'm gonna go you know go straight. I'm a very old school yeah. kind of guy. We're in. Um, because I see people, you know, buying Bitcoin, buying you know all these other things, and we'll talk about a bit more about that later. Yeah, of course, because I don't want to really get into it right now. But um, me, I'm the type of person that I like buying stocks. I, I prefer mm-hmm. buying stocks. I prefer doing bonds. I rather just do you know deposit my money in a shoot. What do you call that account? where in. You can only withdraw like once every month. Time deposit. time deposit. I mean, you get what I mean. Like very old school way of doing stuff, right? But why do you think that the younger generation, except for me,
1: uh, they, they prefer like. G- I'm part of that not younger generation like you. No worries.
0: You're kind of part. I mean, I bet you, like, like me, I don't have a G cash just because I don't really see. Like, okay, here's my first question. How do, like, okay, so like me, let's say, for example, I choose not to have a bank account. I rather put it all in G cash. Does that earn interest or no?
1: Um I'm not sure about the architecture of Gcash when it comes to deposits. I know they tap a, a third-party bank for that if they want to take on deposits. But to answer your question on why do people go into Gcash?
0: Yeah, Gcash more, Pay, money. I mean, yeah, yeah
1: Gcash also. Pay, my the fintech startups, it's more of the convenience. Um our traditional banking, look at it this way. Would you spend hours from your home to the branch, lining up just to do a simple deposit withdrawal transaction and spend another few hours to get back to your home with all the traffic and all. While if you're doing online banking or you're doing GCash, for example, you can do it before, but when we pay, for example, certain stuff, like we do a withdrawal deposit transaction in a branch. But now if you have online banking, if your GCash app it's just a simple QR code, um, if you will, just scan the QR code and pay that person. So even though, if, let's just say, if there's a cost. For example, there's like fifteen pesos. For example, like when you do online bank transfers, I think fifteen is the number. But Probably, would yeah. you spend? Uh, would would you spend hours going to the branch, um, to a certain branch, wasting not only resources, time, effort? when you can just pay 15 pesos upfront and the transaction is real time. It's more of the convenience. And also let's not discount the rise of technological advancements as well. Before we don't have that option is because technology was not as advanced as we have now. Since uh, technology has been ramping up and hello, we have Metaverse, for example, who would have thought like um, X number 10 years ago, you have that kind of platform. So it's more of getting that opportunity to give not only the us as the end consumers um, that convenience, but also being optimal about it. Like for example, before if you have if you want to do a bank transaction, you have to spend at least half a day cut carve out your time, and it's usually weekdays because banks close on weekends. But most banks are. But now, do I need to pay anything? A couple of minutes, you paid. that's lot
0: so in terms of that, uh, I kind of get that. I mean, me personally, uh, I'm lucky to live in an area where in you know, if I go to a bank at lunchtime, no line, I can walk to the bank. It's like a 5-10-minute walk. So I kind of understand where you're coming from because let's say, for example, you work in Makati, right? Or BGC, or all yes. these um, <laughs> areas, right? And you have to go to work. Let's remove the whole COVID thing. Yeah, yeah I, I've seen the lines. They're really bad. So I kind of get the convenience fee and all of that. And aside from that uh jp so you mentioned that you know banks are going for younger kids or younger people and all of these things in terms of trying to get them to have bank accounts but in terms of like the financial landscape of the philippines uh because i think abroad um they're really more into online stuff whether it's banking or you know digital wallets as you can as you call it but in terms of the philippines do you think that we will still be like that like a 50-50 banking digital or do you think more and more people would rather just have the G cash or rather have the pay and things and things like that?
1: That's uh that's a very good question. Uh, we had I had that very very heavy meeting with my previous bank um before years ago. It's two I think two I oh don't no, two, two two thinking types, I guess two ideas. Because at the end of the day, you have to remember, people have, with money, of course, are the ones who are experienced or the older generation who are used to the traditional banking. But for those of us, for example, let's just count ourselves. You know? Um, Those who are like, for example, 18 right now or moving up, they want, to, they want to be part of that digitization age that they don't need to go to a bank. To answer your question do you think we'll go to that purely digital age i can't say yes it's because there are some who are very resilient to change there are some personally i would have clients before and during my past um life or past banking life they would just go to the branches because that's their only errand at least that's what gets them out of the house but there, I will also have clients who would like, I don't have time for you. I can do it online. So it's two different schools of thought. Yeah, that's the correct term. There, there's two different schools of thought. Um, people would still need, again, people would still need a certain branch. It's not as like a 900, for example, one bank. For example, Let's just give example BPI as an example. They have 900 branches nationwide. I that don't, I did. Okay. Coming from there, I, you know, so they had 900 branches nationwide across a span of different demographics. And um, I had this uh, one boss when we had this conversation. He is eyeing that it would not grow because they want to shift. So it's not like eradicating everything but having branches on certain areas that needs it. Because there are some areas that are fully digitized that they don't need an actual branch. But you have to remember, at the end of the day, we still use money as a currency. So we still do that physical exchange. We can't do that um, as of the moment. We can't do that like everybody should go to online digital payments right now, which is understandable because not every one of us has a device or not every one of us has that capacity to have like, 24-7 24/7 internet connection. You have to look for a wife, may WiFi pu ba kayo or something like that. So it's a probable idea if you have that certain school of thought, but it's also a separate school of thought that can't be as a full digitalization, digital age. But it's if people are more um open to change, it could be, but you would touch on different um issues already, such as. It you'll be anti-poor, it's because not everybody can afford a phone. Not everybody can afford data plans that, you know, everywhere can just go online and pay something. Yeah. So yeah, so it would really touch different issues altogether. So it would depend on which school of thought, or which, which type of person are you if you're really resilient to change or not.
0: Actually, I I have this very interesting story. So uh, I know this guy. He's a you know big time banker. Uh, this was many years ago. I think it's like 2014, 2016, give or take. Uh, he had ooh, to go ooh, to the. Fresh party. grad days.
1: Uh, sorry. Fresh grad days. Fresh grad. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Fresh, yeah. Kinda. Actually, yeah. yeah fresh grad days. We're drinking somewhere along Makati.
0: All I can say is now. when you mentioned that you'd start drinking at 7 and go home at 2, I remember those days, but now. If After I work, dude,
1: we'll we just run off right? to that. I my mean, favorite spot of 50 peso cocktails because we can't afford anything. Yeah, shoot. What's the name of that place? Uh, I, think I think Spicy Fingers. fingers. It's closed right. now in the two.
0: It's been closed close for quite some time. But it's yeah, I, I love
1: The, the only thing, thing you can afford. Heart, heart something? The, the one with the
0: 151 in the hot sauce that you hated,
1: but I like. Dude, why would you put 151 in hot sauce in one shot? Yeah, flat liner. And I think it's the there. there anyways. It's fine. Yeah, but anyway, sorry. Going back, to the,
0: going back to the story. So he was he went to Mongolia to Olun um for some banking conference, right? And of course he walks around because every has free time. Right? Why not walk around, right? And he sees these areas for in their street vendors. And the and he was so surprised that back in 2014, 15, or 16, when he was there, they were actually accepting online payment. Like they had QR codes imagine Mongolia. I mean, you know, not that this Mongolia, I've, I've always wanted to go to that country, but you wouldn't really think that Mongolia would be the one of the early countries to adopt like a like a, uh, digital wallet, right? So he told me that, you know, many years ago. Then recently, when I was with um, Rika in her beach property, we were swimming, then there were these fishermen selling us whatever fish it was. They said, oh, you know, you can pay me in GCash. And I was like, you know, when you hear that and you're like, you can't really believe that. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's something where in, you know, five, six years ago you pay fishermen in cash, usually, right? Yeah. yeah. And then here's this guy selling fish. He's like, Oh, you can just pay me in G cash, no problem. So sorry, it's it just is it related to your um to what what you're telling us that uh there is some sort of digitalization happening. It's just that again what you mentioned, there are a lot of different aspects aspects to it, whether it's anti-poor because of the whole plans and all of these things. The next thing I want to ask you, JP, is um, so when we hear investment, like what you mentioned, we were never really taught these things, right? If you want to know more about stocks, you just watch Bloomberg. We never, we were never taught about that in high school, in grade school or anything. So in terms of investment, uh, I think the most popular thing here or one of the most popular things is insurance, you know, like Sun Life and all these companies with the VULs and stuff, yes. wherein they say, "Oh, you know, you can be insured and yet invest at the same time." So I'm asking you, as someone who has a lot of, you know, experience when it comes to investing money and stuff, remove the insurance part of the VUL or the variable unit something. I, I can't remember what it's called. Um, do you think insurance or the VUL is still worth it if you just if you remove the insurance
1: aspect to it? okay so this is a very very good question because it's one of my pet thieves actually it's because I, I don't want to again offend anyone who's watching especially for those um insurance agents i yeah. of course every one of us is just doing their own jobs um you have to remember vul is a different type of investment you technically yes it is an investment but it's investment with insurance um, to answer your question, is VUL worth it? Removing the insurance part, it's a different animal altogether. Mm-hmm. The reason that the VUL is was created actually is for those people who don't have the time or don't have that expertise to manage their own investments. And of course, insurance is protection, while investments is capital growth. So there's that; th- those are two different animals vuel is mixing the two together i would hear horror stories that there are some again i don't want to offend anyone but there are some yeah. agents who would package VUL as an investment but they would forget that some vuls have fees in them that would eat up that would eat up the capital you have to remember again uh, as you mentioned i'm a licensed from the sec and the sec and the bsp states that you can never ever guarantee investment returns and that's by law some i would hear some agents would guarantee that but it's a play on word eh i'm guaranteeing this to you but he is talking about he or she is talking about the protection part the, the insurance part that if something happens to you your family will get for example 1 million pesos but you cannot guarantee. You are not supposed to guarantee the investment returns because at the end of the day, the the price of each investment changes on a day to day basis. So you can't. You can give a projection. You can give, seguro, your own view, but you can't guarantee anything. For example, five years ago, twenty seventeen, if you if you would tell me that this investment will double in the next five years. I then the pandemic happened, everything went to shit. So that's that's the reason there are extra extraordinary instances years from now that we don't know that that can happen. So that's why investments are not really should not be really guaranteed. And again, if you want insurance, get insurance. If you want investment, it's a separate thing. If you want VUL go for it if you want if you don't want to manage two portfolios I am a problem then go for it as long as you know what you're going into personally again personally speaking coming from the uh, ba- uh, banking background I don't have a VL it's because one I have the expertise I mean I have not exp- I have the experience that I can I can have my own portfolio that I can make my own investment portfolio and if I need insurance right now, which I have, actually, life and mostly critical whatever, it's also a good thing. Traditional happens to you. Get the traditional part. Just the traditional insurance. If something happens to you, you are covered. So that's you have to remember that those are two different animals and those, ha- those have their own objectives. So if you can have both and differently, go have it. If you want to have a VUL, then... Go, go go, for it as long as you just know what you are going into. It's because some BULs, especially if they want that big capital returns, I don't want to go to into uh, technicals right now, but they would usually invest on equities or stocks that are very, yeah. in a way, in terms of risk profile, yeah, they are very expensive. Yeah. So that's the reason. And people usually, when they market it or when people would go into it, their end goal is, how, what's in it for me? Come on, why would we go into a transaction if you don't know what's in it for you, right? So that's why that people, before you go into anything, you have to do your own due diligence. Let's just say they're very good or experienced professionals or whatever. But still, it's your, you have to do your own due diligence to, to really research and go into the nitty-gritty detail of what you are going into. This is protecting yourself in the future.
0: All right. Uh, we do have a message from uh, a message, sorry. We have a question from Chai. So she says, or she's asking, for someone looking to get into investments, what are some options one can look into that you would suggest?
1: Oh, thank you very much for that, Chai. I miss you, it's been a while. Um, thank you very much for the support. Um uh I would if I have a penny or peso for every time I would get this question, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> um, I would. My candid answer would be, it depends. Why? It's because each and every one of us have different objectives. We have different horizons. We have different risk tolerance. I could suggest, for example, go into equities, go into stocks, because it's a hot market right now. Go, to, go into Bitcoin, go into NFTs or whatever. But you, as a person, you are very risk averse. You don't like seeing your money from your twenty 000, For example, from your five thousand, it went for as low as five hundred. You just followed my advice, so that is a mismatch mismatch in itself. So I can give a few suggestions. It's mostly, but before you go into these suggestions, you have to assess. We have these four things that you have to look into. Then this is actually the BSP is requiring people to have this assessment before you do any recommendation. One is you should know your horizon. Horizon meaning when will you be needing the money? If you invest now, when will you be needing it? For example, if you tell me, invest my money now. And I didn't ask you when you'll be needing it. Apparently, you'll be needing it for three years from now. But I put your money in a equity, for example, or an equity investment, which would generate returns five years from now. That, in turn, is a mismatch already. Next is experience. If you have started investing before or not. So a simple, a simple explanation would be, um, before you go into the water, if you see a pool, before you go into the water, do you dive right away or do you check first if the water is cold or not? So we we don't go dive in the way na, if you're a first- time investor go into crypto. You don't even know the basics yet, but you went into the the most the, one of the riskiest assets. So that's one avenue to look at risk tolerance as well. it's tied to experience. You go into crypto but your risk averse. you're not that as risky as others. And last day is your objective. Why are you investing in the first place? Because if you know your objective, for example, it's for my son's college and you just had the baby. So you know if it's for your son's college tuition, that would be like 16, 18 years from now. So yeah. that, it would tie up all the questions. When you'll be needing the money, how risky can you be, and etc. Thank you very
0: Yeah. So, I actually wanted to give a quick story about that. So, I do have a VUL. Uh, I got it right after I graduated from college. So, first job, you know, like the cheapest VUL possible at that time. Because you can't afford think, anything after college. Right. So, how much was I paying? I think I was paying like a thousand a month. Yeah. So, that's pretty low, right? That's pretty cheap. I mean, but then at that time, you know, your fresh grad, your salary is like how much, right? A thousand pesos kind of hurts,
1: it's, right? kind of hurts.
0: Uh, but, you know, I, I got it. Uh, so that was 2014. Back in 2020, so the whole COVID thing happened, right? I checked how much my my investment portion was. And before that, it was like a 50, 60,000 pesos. Because, of course, the markets were good. I was earning well. Yeah. But it went as low as 5,000 pesos back in 2020. That's how much it lost. And of course, me, I was like, what the fuck, right? You know, I invested so much for how many years? But that's it. You know, um, I chose, you know, equities and things like that. It's very volatile. I'm glad it bounced back. But yeah, um, I guess it's true that people need to understand what they're getting themselves into because like what you said, um, VLs are sold as insurance and investment, which they are, but I guess the investment portion isn't as big as one would think because it's a combination of the two, right? So I don't know if it's like a 60-40 or, or whatever. Sorry, we have a question from Benedict uh, Bismarck. Oh, Ben! Yeah, so he says, how long do you think digital banks can maintain significantly above market rates? Uh, do you expect a, rate, expect a rate hike soon and when?
1: Gravity Ben! You're question mo, but I can answer the question. For everyone's uh, reference as well, so the first question is: How long do you think digital banks can maintain significantly above a market rates? Um, in terms of the actual years, that I cannot answer, but it would be longer than expected because it's a growing, it's a growing industry, and um, it's a growing industry. And of course, in terms of you know your typical market scenarios, pataas ng rates and comparing digital banks to traditional banks digital banks have low overhead costs they don't have branches to upkeep they don't have certain number of staff to pay to upkeep a certain branch unlike a digital bank they just pay a number of people to monitor not only the ledgers but also the the system itself so it will remain high above market rate as compared uh, uh, for a long while, I guess, since it's rising right now. I'm seeing four or five digital banks in the next few years. So tidbit on that one. I'm having conversations and um, meetings with them the past few weeks, I guess. Do you expect a rate hike soon? I think this is in reference to the BSP interest rates. Um, it's very technical and very economic, so I will explain it as very, as simple as, as I can. For Please everyone. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so there's a principle in finance that we call, um, uh, when interest rates uh, uh, drop, uh, bond prices go up. So it's this question is mostly related to the fixed income market. And if I go into dwell into more the economic side of it, um, it's what we call a policy that the BSP does to keep the economy from overheating. So we will touch base on inflation. Let's first explain a little bit about inflation. So explain Inflation is just the rise of prices or of goods and services over time. So if um, inflation is a double-edged sword, it means that your economy is growing right? Your economy is growing because people are starting to buy and sell goods. So the economy is on an upflow. So is it good to have more than the expected inflation? No. It means that prices of goods and services are very, very expensive that people can't afford. So BSP on a yearly basis keeps the inflation rate as much as possible between 2 to 4%. It means Prices of goods and services should be between 2 to 4% increasing on a per annum basis. So they want to keep it at that level. And what do they do if, for example, inflation, people start, for example, right now, the economy is opening up, people are starting to go out, go to the malls, buy whatever. With that, inflation, of course, prices will tend to go up, demand over supply. Yeah. So one tactic of the BSP, uh, what the BSP does is to, they... Increase interest rates so that people would start to s- s- start to invest rather than spend. It's because I get more. So in terms of when inflation is rising, as of the moment, it could be on the latter part of the year. So we will be expecting rate hikes as sooner than we think. All right. I think that answers the question and that's more of an economic outlook that i did a week ago but thank you very much for that ben
0: so i want to ask you something i've asked this question to because you know this is a type of question for you know people who are in the banking industry or in the finance industry and i'm going to be frank when i ask this question uh because as you know i'm not in that industry right so when you talk to me you have to talk to me like i'm a child because you know I don't really understand these things. Yeah. But could you dumb down what quantitative easing exactly is?
1: Oh my god. Um dumb down. I'll uh, try as my as best.
0: It. Okay, but you have to dumb it down because you're talking to me, right? I mean, if we're talking <laughs> politics, I could not get anything, but quantitative easing <laughs> is something that I've read um a few books on online, I have watched a couple of YouTube videos from, you know, economists and finance people and still can't understand what it is so try your best to dumb it down.
1: Hmm. okay so quantitative easing uh came about during the global financials or uh, global financial crisis of 2007 2008. Yeah I'm not sure. Yeah. All right. So this was a tactic that the Fed used to keep the economy afloat. By simply putting money in the economy. Dumping it. In. I think that's a simple thing as I can I can have it as simple as possible. They just dump money in the economy.
0: That's so what do you mean by they dump money in the economy? Like, where did the money go? I I I know economy, but like you get what I mean. Like, what are the details in terms of that?
1: Buyouts, um, it's so one thing for those banks who are like under. It could be uh, another thing could be. Raising um capital structures, doing roads, road improvements, building skyways. By doing so, the go- the government is generating jobs for those oh, who. Oh, so it's who like how they got out of
0: the Great Depression, right? We're in no, the almost other, like that. Yeah. I think,
1: think that's the, the simple, people. the simplest way that I can about quantitative easing. I there don't want to under- go more into technicals. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. But did we ever do that in the Philippines quantitatively?
1: Yes, we do actually. Um during the twen- during the height of the pandemic, actually during the 2020- 2020 to 2021, the government did um, most the heavy lifting. Um in the form of ayuda um, oh, so
0: ayuda was our version. Yes,
1: in the form of ayuda, increasing of government projects. So by doing so that, that that's the reason they were they kept the economy up load. because there there was no almost like in terms of there was no foot traffic. People were stuck in their own homes. So they yeah. had to do something about it.
0: Well, yeah, I think that's, that's the, another a
1: simple, yeah. a simple example of the government helping out the economy. Ayuda is an, a good example. So technically they borrowed money from uh, other countries or in the form of loans or they issue treasury bills so that they have money to give out for the COVID response. Yeah. So that's a good, I think that's a good and a simple example of the government dumping money in the economy.
0: All right. So when we're talking about, you know, we, we, we spoke about stocks a bit, right, and all of these things. Uh, my question to you is, so you, the question was there from Shai earlier, right, in terms of what investments to get into and things like that. Um, for like really young people who um want to kind of not spend too much time because okay like sorry let let me clarify so like bonds right it's usually you know you go to a bank they offer a bond you know give let's say fifty thousand pesos after five years they say it's going to be around this much right let's just simplify it in a way that that's basically what a bond is right very low in terms of um the growth, but it's almost kinda guaranteed in a way as compared to stocks, right?
1: Yes. But you know if you're a
0: young person who doesn't really care, like for you, it's like if I lose the money, fine, I, I find a way to earn it again or whatever. What is a interesting um investment thing that they can do?
1: Okay, that's a very, very good question. So just like to um I think echo in on what you've said. Bonds are yes they're almost guaranteed it's because i'm saying almost it's because um bonds are technically debt so in tagalog it's pagkakautang. a certain company or a, or for example the philippine government owes you money so if you invest on a bond it means somebody owes you money and that person needs to pay it back on a certain uh, on for example 5 years from now because it's technically um, a debt yeah, um, you owe, you earn money through interest or the coupon payments, okay? So, while equity, as you've mentioned, to, uh, to follow it up, it's more of an ownership. So, if bond is a debt, uh, a, a comp- this is a good example that I always share the difference between a bond and an equity, a stock or a bond. A good example is, for example, a Jollibee, a, the Jollibee, for example. So, follow you invested on a Jollibee bond so it means Jollibee owes you money right yeah so if that happens you can go to a Jollibee store shout out shout shout at them and tell them you owe me money it's true it's because you're a bond investor but if you invest on a Jollibee stock or Jollibee share you can go to a Jollibee store stand on one tile and you can tell the whole world, you own this. It's because it's true. You're a part owner of Jollibee. It's because you invested on a Jollibee share. So that's the most simple way you can differentiate bonds and equities and stocks. And pertain to your last question, for those young people who want to go into investments, I mentioned horizon, experience, risk tolerance, and objective, you're young. I'm not saying me, but you are young. Um, if you compare yourselves to 40s or 50 years old people out there, they are risk averse. It's because they don't have that much time left. But you, as a young person, let's just say you're 20 years old. I got this tip from a webinar they attended when I was in college be risky. You are too young to not be risky. Why? You have years ahead of you to make mistakes and you earn and you have years ahead of you to earn more. So that's touching on the one of the principles of finance, which is the higher the risk, the higher the return. So as young as we are, if you're like your early 20s, if you want to go into stocks, go. If you can afford it, go. As long as you know, you do your own due diligence. To research upon it and at least you know if it goes south it goes south but you know you have years okay it goes south it maybe i'll come up in the next five years from now it's fine i'll be 35 or i'll be 30. it's because you have your time you have you have years ahead of you but if you compare yourself to like a 60 year old if it goes south now who's who knows if you'll be alive for the next five years
0: that's a very um good analogy and i kind of want to talk about this whole i would like to call it like a rice in terms of how i would want to call it as alternative investment yes um so you know you have your nfts or the non-fungible tokens which until now for me does not make any sense uh then you also have uh your bitcoins then you also have some of these um axes other assets such as Sports cards, um, Birkins, which I only learned about a few years ago, wherein they're saying that Birkins have a better, you know yeah, Birkins, the whole Hermes bags, right, have a better um, return as compared to stocks and all these things. Like, why do you think that there's this rise of alternative investment options all right. instead of a very, just very two, you know the whole traditional way? Yeah, go ahead.
1: that's a so very very good question. So traditionally we have three asset classes you have your money market you have your fixed income uh, money market such as your deposits or time deposits you have your fixed income such as your bonds you have your equities such as your stocks and there is actually a fourth class as what we call the alternative asset class so you'd be surprised jewelry is part of them paintings land and um those luxury goods. So, if you put it in a graph, it's on the farthest part of the spectrum. It has the highest risk. It also has the highest return. A good example, I mentioned land. 10, 15 years ago, BGC was just a, parking I don't know, it's a tent. And trees everywhere, like, just land everywhere fast forward to 10 to 15 years from now who would have thought that it would be a metropolis so same case with a land somewhere for example in the province it's just a piece of land and you think it will appreciate but then again the, the government will decide that let's make this to into a room it evaluates it so going back to Birkins to race cars it's more, I actually, I watched a video about it. It's more of the value itself that um, uh, I think the, the, uh, no, the good, the, the best term for this one, is, it's limited. Not everyone can have it. And that prestige that you'll get by getting it, it's something that money can't buy. Vintage cars. Like for example, if you own a very good vintage car that nobody else owns, that prestige, usually people who get those types of assets are those who can afford it. That's why they are willing to pay more compared, for example, for example just the two of us, just like regular Joes. Would you pay like 25 million pesos for just a car? Well, you can just get like five cars. 20 cars. if or a, <laughs> or a piece of land. Or a piece of land. So, diverting it to ax, uh, to ax it like, so NFTs and cryptocurrencies. This gave rise it's because of, of the digitization. Um, I watched a very simplistic video about it on YouTube explaining the very simple uh, uh, cryptocurrencies in a very simple terms. Before, we do uh, we, we do we transact via trading right like years before I give you salt you give me pepper and it uh and the age of coins came about I, you give me your cow I give you two silver coins then moving on to paper the the government decides now the value just a piece of paper you have now thousand pesos that you can buy whatever have you then that's when the cryptocurrencies came of uh, came about here in the Philippines. It's mostly on that, uh, not Philippines, but the whole world. It's mostly that um, idea, if you will, uh, in terms of it's a currency that you that's not an actual paper or coin that you have. Um, just a little give a tidbit to our viewers out there. I am not really well-versed on cryptocurrencies, not because I don't want to go into them. I have dabbled. But it's more of a regulatory aspect uh the sec uh does not regulate cryptocurrencies here in the philippines but i think it's being talked about there are a few um investment professionals that go into cryptos because it's something that um they can take advantage of but then again i would sad to say i would hear people they would go into cryptos right away but they haven't really experienced the traditional ones so we call it in France, we call it the FOMO effect. Narinig mo lang na sobrang laki ng kinita niya. Gusto nang pum- gusto mo nang pumasok. But you don't know what you're going into. But you don't know, you don't even know what crypto is. Then it then it suddenly kana. So you don't know what to do. You just lost your money.
0: So with that, um okay, I'm gonna be frank now. I'll never understand the whole point of the NFTs because. With nfts right sorry I, I just have like a little rant about it so let's pretend that um this vitamin c bottle of mine which i still don't understand why i use this as the example it's an nft like i make it an artwork whatever yeah, yeah. and jp buys it but the thing is if i google um vitamin c bottle artwork by paulo aguas someone in google could just have taken the photo you could save it and it's done but the original artwork is owned by JP. But the thing is, it's digital. It's not like buying the Mona Lisa. Right? If I buy the Mona Lisa, let's say, sorry, JP buys can afford
1: the Mona Lisa. He's
0: the only person in the whole world who really has it physically. He can touch it. Yeah. He can, you know, stare at it the whole day. He can whatever. But with NFTs, anyone can claim stuff with it, right? And you can still save the photo. Now, with Bitcoin... um, to my understanding, and JP, please do correct me if my understanding is incorrect. Because again, I'm a tito compared to you. You know, you're better. I'm also,
1: same age, 27 lang tayo Pao. No, I know, 28 ka
0: Let's <laughs> talk about age. But point is, it's more on, um, when it comes to finance, investment, you know way more than me. Right? I mean, that's really your core um, stuff. No, but anyway, um, with Bitcoin, at first, I, I understand this like a universal thing wherein, You know, if you buy Bitcoin and Bitcoin becomes regular or whatever, I can go to, let's say, Japan or whatever and use Bitcoin, right? If I want to buy sashimi and it's one Bitcoin, I can use Bitcoin instead of going to, let's say, an exchange rate, giving my peso or my dollar whatever. But the thing is, when you buy Bitcoin, though, you buy it using USD, right? So if, let's say, one Bitcoin is equal to one dollar, I still have to do an exchange rate. So that's what I don't understand about it.
1: All right. Because uh, there are some bit we there are some Bitcoin or earners are came about from Bitcoin miners. So they gain that Bitcoin by mining through the data process. Actually, it, even pers- honestly personally I've tried understanding how they mine Bitcoin, and I think. I think Ash can weigh more onto it on the data side and the, 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 the tech side of things. I, mean, I think Ash should just mine Bitcoin
0: for us, you know. Just <laughs> electricity, but, right?
1: uh, yeah, just to uh, answer your question, it's an exchange as of the moment, because it's not yet a regulated currency. I, I mentioned that it's, uh, we, in terms of the evolution of exchanges or currencies, we started from a simple exchange. We, we moved up to silver or gold. Then we move up to paper. Bitcoin is the next, quote-unquote, next evolution. Or If people are more um, open to it, it would be a possibility. But that would, again, open up different types of issues, a Pandora's box, if you will, such as how will you regulate it? Exactly. Or how would you safeguard yourself from, for example, for those who are very techie or hackers or whatever, that can really um, have their way through the, the system or the, the mainframe or the database. So that's the reason that it's an avenue that people look into, but not everyone is alluded to it. It's because there's no ground rules or set rules for it as of the moment.
0: Yeah, actually, because there's that country, uh, Salvador, if I'm not mistaken, right, that we're in. I'm not sure if you know this, but the president is such a Bitcoin fan that he keeps buying. But the, the Bitcoin went down by a lot. And so I think he spent, Um, I'll just make up a number. Let's say he spent 50 million USD on Bitcoin, but now it's only just worth like 20 million or something, right? So that's why, if I'm mistaken, even the World Bank is telling him, you know, calm down in your Bitcoin buying. Uh, we do have another question um, from Benedict. And i think he's really testing your knowledge by the way because uh yeah wow this question by the way it feels like something that anyway so since inflation is high now six seven actually i wanted to ask this a while ago so thank you benedict um so yeah i definitely like six seven percent
1: then i'll kill you it. after this
0: um would you <laughs> recommend commodities or etc as an alternative investment as the asset price will appreciate with inflation given low interest now or do you agree equities protect you from inflation since companies can price up with inflation? Wow, Benedict. First uh, well, uh, things first. Damn, your questions are really good. I, I, maybe you should have posted this. I could have been like, uh,
1: no, actually, because Ben is a former colleague of mine in Maybank, uh, my first bank. And we sh- usually, when we do converse like this, we converse like this, just normal talk. When me, when Ben and I converse, it's purely like this. So don't be surprised it's yeah, just yeah, like that just go with
0: you guys one time for coffee and i'll just like i not talk i'll be like hi, hi benedict and i'll just be drinking my dundee yeah, <laughs> cup um
1: actually uh uh oil i would say yes it's because um there's a rise of foot traffic right now economies are starting to open up people are starting to travel so in case of oil prices in the near future is already a given i can't wait on it On a personal level, since I don't drive, um, but I've heard friends, lots of friends are complaining about the rise in price of oil. For the next question is, do you agree equities protect you from inflation since companies can price up with inflation? It's one one tool that you can use. If, for example, if you're really an equities guy, go have it. And in terms of what we call, again, the economic cycle, when inflation is starting to rise up, people from bonds tend to flock to equities. And when um, interest rates go down, they go back to bonds, they go back to the safer assets. So it's one tool that you can look into. So, Ben, I answered your question. Actually,
0: me personally, I want to start investing more in the precious metals like the golds, the silvers. Because we have a finite, well, same with oil, right? I mean, we have a finite amount of gold, silver, oil, et cetera. But wow, Benedict, thank you for these really awesome questions. And thank you for also reminding me about the inflation thing. Because remember, JP, you mentioned that it was like 4%, I think, or 5% that the government tries to keep it. But wasn't there a time it was like 8 or 9% the inflation?
1: Yes, I, I was remember still back 2018 around seven or eight percent in terms of inflation.
0: No, recently the budget like
1: 2020, 2021? No, I no, 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 twenty eighteen. Um the inflation is just starting to rise as of the moment as we speak, as economies start to go up. Because people okay. weren't spending. Uh people weren't spending during the pandemic. There okay. were I, I think I there was an instance that uh they we, I think they call it that people started to, um, uh, just like, for example, when there's a, parang, an emergency, so you stock up on your supplies. So you stock on food or whatever, water. So during that time of the pandemic, people had this notion that maybe the economy would fall, whatever. So you should stock up with money. So I don't think, it, uh, I'm pretty sure that inflation then uh, was not as high uh, 2021, but it's starting to rise up for 2022. And okay. during the 2018, yes, because I, I was a fixed income trader back then in Maybank and bond prices were s- very, very attractive.
0: All right. Um, Shai has another question. So she's, oops. So she's asking, how would economy you economy. or want the government to govern cryptocurrency? I guess, yeah. How would you want them to, to regulate it?
1: Uh, on the top of my head, World Bank, I guess... For in terms of who um, to govern the cryptocurrency, since it's not only stuck in a certain country, it's worldwide right now. But and I think that's on the top of my head. I don't think, but there are some countries that are not part of that organization. Um, IMF could also be a possibility, but then again, it would open up other issues that there are not other countries that are not part of that.
0: A lot of countries. Are
1: yeah, right. So. To answer the question, those two are my probable answers. In terms of how I think tight, very tight regulations in terms of anti-money sorry, anti-money laundering, or on the tech side, na, I'm not sure how do the tech guys protect the data. So I think it should be like a good combination or a marriage between the two. Uh, yeah, in terms of the how, uh, a marriage between um, uh, financial regulations and tech regulations as well. On the who, um, just thinking, just on top of my head, it could be a different entity all for all we know, if ever it comes to that. But on the top of my head, it would be like the IMF or the World Bank, I guess. Yeah,
0: all right. So, enough of the okay. So, I'm gonna be frank, I want to go to another topic because I think we, we got a lot from you already. I feel like we should be paying you already in terms of the financial.
1: <laughs> it's fine,
0: <laughs> man. Yeah, I can to talk to you about this. So like what you mentioned, um, you got really fit, like you're fucking buff. Uh, you know, your, your abs probably have abs that have abs. So <laughs> um, when I when I met you again, after you lost all the weight, Right, you know, you are super. I asked you said volleyball.
1: The last time I went was around October 15 of 2019. Ashes, no,
0: like, when you really like the first time you lost the weight, not like, Aye, like the
1: first time, Ash, yeah, it was 2016.
0: That was something like that, right? Yeah, so during the pandemic, of course, like me, I gained weight. Uh, I think most of the population did, except for you. Um, how did you keep yourself like super, like, buff and shit?
1: Um, one, I got a coach because uh, I'm not disciplined enough to make my own programs. So that's one thing. Two, I'm, I guess, a change of lifestyle, if you will. I have come on. Uh, we were all working from home during the height of the pandemic. You don't all even get to go out. So after the stress, the stress, it's not before This it's just contained in the office. When you go to yeah. your house and your home, your room. You distress, you just play games, watch movies, or whatever. But since the shift of the pandemic to the work from home setup, you are you the stress is within the confines of your own home. So yeah. what do you do about it, right? So I think that was a time for me that I looked for ways to get myself other activities, I guess. Because I know you can't really lift weights because there's no gym. The gyms were not open during those times. Um, it was easier for me to do my diets, actually, during the pandemic. It's because I don't get to go out. I don't get to like pick whatever from the menu. So during that time, I learned a lot in terms of calorie counting or how things are made or how to cook. Actually, I just started to learn how to cook two years ago because of the pandemic. So I took it as an opportunity for me to learn more things, to learn new things, I guess. So due to due due to due to that, due to the pandemic, I spin it off as something that I'm not going to survive this. I'm an active person. After work, I go to the gym or I go to CrossFit or I go to play volleyball with my friends. But since the pandemic happened, after when I shut down my laptop, what do I do? So I really found the time to... To concentrate on myself, I guess I don't have, I don't, I can't go out. At most, I can do drinking at home with friends via Zoom, and that's not as fun as before. So yeah. I took because, it because you you're drinking your laptop. Shopping. Goodbye laptop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, over your laptop started drinking. It's sad. This is not as yeah. you don't have that actual human interaction that we had before. Well, now it does. Since the economy is starting to open up, I get to do that more often now. So. During the pandemic, I was able to do that by really learning a lot about it. Like I don't have to do anything else, anyway. So, might as well body um workouts in terms of just your own your own body weight. I guess there's so much that others don't know actually that you can do at your own homes without even needing weights or barbells or dumbbells. Um, before I can remember, I used two seats like two mono blocks just to do dips, or uh bar just to do pull-ups so and just a chair just to do my how many dips would you do uh that's the thing since you you can't really put on much weight because you're not in the gym you can't do the assisted dips that adds more weight so you increase the repetitions
0: yeah because like the only dips i did was making dip you know what i mean like during the pandemic
1: yeah making (laughs) dips. she's uh, but, I mean,
0: like, I, I, you know, we're like the exact opposite. You know, you're getting buff and shit while I was getting fat and shit. You know, like, I really got into, I mean, I think you know that I love cooking ever since. But then I really got into cooking because I would watch Gordon Ramsay, you know, Hell's Kitchen and all of his other yes. shows.
1: I know that's so his college. You like cooking.
0: Right? Then I'd watch him cook something. It's like, you know what? I think I could do that. Like, there's this one thing where he was cooking a filet mignon wrapped in bacon that was kind of fried a bit in butter. I was like, you know what? I think I could do that. So, you know, put on my mask, my face shield, go to the grocery, buy bacon, buy a filet mignon, buy butter, right? Oh, that was awful for me. That was like three months of nothing but butter. But anyway, no, but that's really awesome that, uh, so, you know, how did you find your coach? Because you mentioned that you hired the coach. Uh, Where did you find him or her? Sorry, him or her? Oh, uh, him.
1: You? Uh, I found him through common friends. Uh oh, volleyball, okay. yeah, a volleyball friend of mine um is um has a relationship or had a relationship with this coach. So I knew him through uh, my volleyball friend. And when I knew that he's a virtual coach, I got him and the results were nice, like eight weeks, I guess, but the the training was hard. I think Shai got him as a coach training? also.
0: But then again, it's not like the person's going to make you do something that's impossible, right? I mean,
1: of no, course, no, the person no, no.
0: like no, no. what you're uh, capable of. Before you is. do, yeah. do your...
1: anything, you have to do the assessment first. Like, can you do this? If you can do it, do it for a week. Then we level up and we level up and we level up. You, If you can't do one thing, it means you're not writ- there yet. So take it one notch below. And when you're, you master the one notch below, go back to it right away. But about the, 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 you know,
0: the exercise program, right? Sorry, what yeah. I meant was like, okay, let, let me just make up something, okay? It may not sure make me. sense to you, but I'll just make it up. So, like, let's say he tells you, okay, JP, um, do five dips, two push-ups, three pull-ups. Is it something like that? Then when you say that it goes to a different level, he'll just double it or something like that? Or will he also change the exercise in itself?
1: uh initially it would be like a a standard program that you go into and you have to give your feedback i find this hard i find this easy i find this too long or i find this difficult to do given for example i have a a shoulder injury so there are some workouts that i can't do so once you give that assessment it changes everything that it could be tailored fit to your to your capabilities because if you do things that you can't do, it's counterproductive. Why? Yeah. It's because you're not changing anything. You are just doing it It's because for the hell of it. But at the end of the day, you can't even do it properly. So might as well always start from the basics. And when you master everything, that's when you level up. And that's where you change things. Because there's by not changing things, you tend to stagnate. You don't grow. Your muscles don't tend to grow. They're just as is where it is. So yeah. in terms of muscle growth, like you want to really bulk up. You have to strain your muscle. You have to break your muscle, eat good proper nutrition so that when they grow back, they grow back bigger. So that's also the thing that the thing that I learned during uh, the pandemic is what do really uh, what's the instances or what are the things that makes muscle muscles in general grow. And so when you
0: say eat cleanly, like okay, so what is eating clean for J.P. Chong? Like okay, so like what what is a typical <laughs> breakfast for you? Clean. Okay. Okay. So clean. I uh,
1: again, uh, for for everyone's reference, I lost weight um six uh, six years ago, seven years six years ago, um in six months. So I lost thirty kilos in six months, and I am um, when people ask me for diet tips. I usually tell them that I am not the proper person to ask it it's because I I tend to do things that as I it's more of this I look at the loopholes of things At the end of the day when you do diets like for example you have your keto you have your um pescetarian whatever what have you at the end of the day it will all boil boil down to caloric deficit so it's eating less let's just say keto you are eating there are some there are certain foods that you don't eat carbohydrates so by not eating carbohydrates you are eating less calories for others so it's 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 that um but there are others too that can't follow keto for me for example i can't do keto it's because um i have high cholesterol because i was fat before so i can't do that like fat food no carbs in. I need carbs, it's because I play volleyball. So, what's a typical breakfast for me? Yeah. I follow I don't do breakfast actually. Actually, uh, I don't do
0: okay, fine. I've, what is a good clean lunch for JP?
1: Ah, a good clean lunch for me is just something that is very counted, calorie counted. A good clean lunch would be would be chicken breast around 120 grams. 110 grams of rice uh, fruit way really measured if not um i could go for a, a can of tuna or like fresh salmon that's it i mean people would tend to be like scared of diets being very very expensive but truth be told if you do if you make your own meals it's way cheaper than buying out like when you buy a kilo of chicken breast for like 240 to 270 pesos that's already good for like around a lot of chicken breast yeah two to three meals in terms of meal preparation if you have access to an air fryer just put some pepper whatever have you and you're good to go it's not delicious yes but when (laughs) it's not delicious it's not as like your gourmet Chicken it's not like having, well, like, artisanal literature. But you just tell yourself that you're eating clean now. It's not because you are depriving yourself. You're eating clean now. It's because you are delaying the time when you're okay with your figure or you're okay with your body. You can eat those kinds of things. So cheat days or cheat meals are very, very important so that you would not get burned out of your diet. So you're eating clean from let's just say Monday to Saturday, and you go all out on Sunday, like, not all out like buffet levels. Like for example, since I was eating clean from Monday to Saturday, maybe I deserve a burger. It's fine. Because at the end of the day, you don't, you can't, you don't want to be like, do you want to be a bodybuilder in X number of months? It's, it really depends on your goals. Like me, for example, when I reached my body goal, like I'm, for me I. I personally I, I find myself fit, but I don't I'm not aesthetically fit. Like I don't have those like abs within the abs. Like at least I'm okay. Like when I put on a shirt and I go shirt and I'm fine. But I still tend to believe.
0: Things,
1: I stop there. Like for example, I reached my goal during the during the height of the pandemic. I got my abs. I lost them. I don't care. It's because at the end of the day, I will have to do this by myself. Like I don't want to live the rest of my life eating just chicken breast for the, rest of, uh, for the rest of my days. So as long as I reach my goal, I feel healthy, I can run like X number of kilometers without like having a hard time. That should be good. But if you have a different goal, like you want to be like that aesthetically appealing model-like figure, then as long as you know what you're going into, then you should be prepared for the sacrifices that you have to go
0: yeah, no, that, that that's really cool, not to, to to say something like that. But I still believe you, you do have apps, but you're just. Being <laughs> awesome. Um, all right, well, yeah, uh, I agree that you know with fitness you really have to have that goal, right? And you have to be ready. You can't just half-ass it, as they say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you really yeah. have to.
1: You yeah. have to have that um, focus. Yes, and just to give, for for example, our viewers. Um I would always tell my friends this I read the book um, it's making a habit and it actually the essence of it is just simple. it takes twenty one days to create a habit. If you just be diligent enough to surpass that twenty one days, you'll be surprised on the twenty second, twenty third whatever have you it will just come naturally to you. so the first actually the first three weeks are hard, but once you surpass those three weeks it's just
0: sweat. Which reminds me, so, you know, we spoke about finance, we spoke about dieting. Now, before we talk about dating, you can take a chug of your liquid courage if you want. I personally have finished a bottle of, um. well, they're not, they're not sponsoring me, but Rika uh, <laughs> did this um campaign for Emperor Dar Coffee.
1: Oh, that's nice. I've tried that.
0: It's good. Yeah. So I finished one bottle already. This is the second bottle. Wow. Well,
1: I know you since college. I'm not surprised.
0: No, but trust me, I, I'm not going to like. No, man. But like, when I'm done, because I'm probably going to finish like half of this only. I'm going to like sleep like a th- like the Tita that I am. But anyway, but let's talk about dating. So, I mean, me, I was very fortunate that I didn't need to date during the pandemic or anything. Like, you know, I didn't have Bumble or. Know. Right. But um. But you, JP, uh, you're are you single or not? I am single. Okay, so you're not in a you know in a relationship in the sense that you know maybe for dating or whatever I don't know, but you don't have a a significant partner right now. I don't mean I to rub a... some of the wounds, but yeah, um, <laughs> no, just, no, because me, I I'm just I, I mean I'm lucky I haven't used Bumble in so long because I'm with Rika, But dating yeah, right I mean, now, I know. So, I know
1: you guys have been like years already. No,
0: but no, but like dating right now during a pandemic, which is so different, right? Uh, Because, you know, with COVID, I talk to you without a mask, you might get COVID. That's basically it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how difficult is it to date right now in general from 2022 until 2020? Sorry, from 2020 to 2022. All right.
1: Um. So just to clear the air, I'm not a dating expert. So learn from my mistakes. Just your
0: your experience,
1: man. Uh, I I didn't get you here to be an expert on dating. Yeah. yeah, based from my experience and um also just to clear there, i'm not really actively dating i mean i'm not actively dating like looking for dates in general but um it's more of if there's an opportunity i would grab it if there's not it's fine right yeah so having experienced dating during the pandemic it's you're correct it's quite different because it's not as same as before It can just like hey how are you let's go out it's as simple as that right Let's go out. Let's like talk, whatever. But now it's different in a way that there's an added layer to it. You have to take into consideration, for example, um, if I see this person, there's an added risk. Like, what if I get COVID? Or if I go out, what if I get COVID? Or whatever, what have you. So there's an added layer to it. And in terms of due diligence, diba? we're going back to that term due diligence. There's an extra due diligence aspect if you will it's because you don't get to see that person as often as possible it's because we're in when in this current situation and i read this book not book i i i um i got this from a friend um during the height of the pandemic they they there there's this term that came rise to quarantine fling since people are very, let's just say bored. Because, hello, come on, you don't do anything after work and you're stuck at your own homes. So people would tend to really talk to others, have that really connection. And this person, really, really, really good friend of mine, um, this person's she's actively dating, uh, and another person, he's actively dating, blah, blah, blah. And they, I got got more or less I got a feedback from them. So how's life? How are you guys? But how's the dating life? How's the dating life going? And and they mentioned that it's harder. It's because um, you you don't see the connection on that person on that terms in terms of online. And of course, online dating is rampant right now. Because hello, we're we're in the that current situation. You can't just like, hey, Paulo or hey, JP. or for example, I'm mean, you. Hey, Paulo, meet my friend. That's like the traditional dating during our archaic times before. Now it's different. You have your uh, online dating and it's It's not that connected. It's harder. It's harder, if you will. And of course, since I'm an advocate of mental awareness, mental health, um, people really changed during the pandemic. And you would see lots of people struggling with that aspect as well. And they tend to go into, you know, um, they think that they, it's it's the same as before, but it's not. So it's harder now, yes. Um, you have to do your own due diligence also. Um, you have to consider other factors, like um, not only the COVID-19 pandemic, like for example, what if I get you sick and you affected your family? right? Or um, what if this pandemic ends and we go back we go to that new normal would 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 be the us the two of us would be this would we be the same or would our dynamics change since for example personally me since i'm an active person every after time i go to work i would get reps from my exes that i have no time because after work you know me i'm a workaholic i go to the gym or play volleyball or whatever have you but since now during the pandemic i have extra time so what if we go proceed to that new normal, would I be the same person or would I be this, a different person altogether? So those are the factors you have to consider. That's why it's harder now. And again, as we go along this digital age, we have to adapt and it's mostly the survival of the fittest. As long as you know, you're comfortable of who you are as a person, whoever it may be, you should be fine.
0: You know it's like with what you said it's so complicated you know just thinking about it dating in general no you are right No, no, no. yeah dating in general is very complicated but sorry this is the first time i actually really thought about it that can you imagine like what you said we're in you know let's say we we are dating right Uh, i'm like this you're like that but we're like this because we can't really see each other as compared to before and you know let's say Times become normal again, quote unquote, where we can go meet each other, or whatever. Shit, yeah, man. Like, thinking about it, it really does make things more complicated because of the adaptation that is needed, right? I mean, like, both of us, we're workaholics in the sense that we love working. Yes. Um, I think we both like going to the office before, right? Pre pandemic, yes, we're good with going to the office. Like, we only don't go to the office if we're sick, something like that, or for taking a vacation leave. But
1: yeah. No. When I was in vacation, I'm still working remotely. You know me. Yeah, but I was you know, in the beach with My laptop.
0: Right. like nowadays you you have to adapt because you know you have to work from home and stuff. And I never thought about it. It's kind of like dating from home, also. Dating from like, home. sorry. I'm curious, and you know you don't have to answer the question if you're no. uncomfortable answering it. But like, did you ever date someone during the pandemic where in your dates were like this? When you're like on a Zoom or a Google Meets or whatever?
1: I will answer that question. And I dated someone. I don't think you met the person, but your girlfriend knows the person. I dated someone for like around eight months during the pandemic. Okay. We started off as this, but we were brazen enough to go out and meet constantly despite the pandemic.
0: So like you'd meet in the grocery. And we
1: had COVID twice. Oh. together. Okay. That was the risk. Yeah. Yes. Um yes, I did. It was different initially. But you know me, I like being with people um in terms of that connection. So I and that person is also um that type na that physical connection so we decided to meet up despite the pandemic constantly like i i was working in a bank during the pandemic so i was mandated to go to the office every day so june of 2020 i was going to the office every day yes so for me it was normal so every time after work i would go and meet hence COVID. (laughs) i had it twice
0: crazy no, but wow, okay. So, you know, you're lucky in the sense that not that you got COVID, but more of, you know, you got to meet the person physically constantly, right? But you know, there are just so many people out there that, you know, they either broke up because they couldn't handle um this artificial LDR, right? It's kinda it's kind of like an LDR in that sense, a long distance relationship. Um, then there are those who are in, they kind of got into a relationship. During the pandemic, so you know you you dated that person for eight months. You know you 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 guys ended it for whatever reason. Um, are you dating again now?
1: I was prepared for this question, <laughs> and Shai told me that you would ask me this question, and I am actually prepared for the answer. Um, I am not dating right now. Actually, I'm not actively dating exclusively anyone. Um, like, you know, going out to dinners or drinking and etc. Um, but I do, um, I'm not actively dating anyone. Um, but I do go into, if there's an invite, I would take that invite. It's more of, I don't, um, it's more of, I don't want to say yes. Because I, I think I'm not yet the best version of myself. But I don't also want to say no. It's because i will be closing myself up to possibilities as well so dating a person right now no but i had a few uh engagements with others like dinners out of town trips uh yeah i'm brazen i live alone so if i get COVID, i don't infect people just myself
0: yeah you just (laughs) infect the room so you know,
1: disinfect, I you... disinfect the room,
0: yeah so i i have it's a three part i have one last question but it's in three parts for you uh so here it is so here's the first question when you're done with this i'll ask the second and then ask the third sure. so here's the first question what is the best advice you could give someone when it comes to investing in general
1: oh the best advice would be Uh, you should know what you're going into. Don't go diving in.
0: investing and not a relationship.
1: Could be. (laughs) You uh, you don't know what you're going into. Don't dive in the pool if you don't know if it's cold or if it's deep. Always do your research and don't be scared to ask for help if needed. Right, That's that's it. The second question.
0: OK, so the second question is, oh, wait, Benedict has a question for you before I go to my second question.
1: Don't worry, it's not
0: as long as the last one. So <laughs> is a form of investment? What is your risk, appetite,
1: and expectations? Benedict, I will really kill you when we meet. Um, yes, uh, love is a form of investment. Not only you're putting in your money and resources just to meet, date the person, give gifts, or whatever, it's a form of investment. It's more of not only emotional, but mental investment. Because um, whatever happens, it could affect you, not only emotionally, but mentally as well. In terms of risk appetite, Benedict, you know me. I am a very, very risky person. I dive in blind blindly. What are red flags? I don't know what red flags are. Um, Expect... <laughs> Paolo, you know me since college. So I don't know what red flags are. So yes, in terms of risk appetite, yes, I'm a risky person. And yes, love is a form of investment. And we had this running joke, actually. uh, This joke came about two weeks ago that maybe we should have this rule for everyone that before you go into a relationship, there should be a security deposit that if the relationship fails, you have something to get out of it. Like, oh, you didn't pay me for this, whatever. Well, the, is this a is condo a condo. From... Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, love is yeah, is, you don't look at it in terms of uh, financials. Of course, you would spend resources, you would spend time with the person, you'd also spend well of course emotionally. And lastly, meant in terms of mental health, um, it could really affect you one way or the other.
0: You didn't ask the last question though. What is the expected return?
1: So, you dating date? me, that. <laughs> is that the question? If you date me, what's the expected return? Or, dating? Like what the is other... the
0: expected return
1: of love?
0: Because you know, we treat you uh, as accident, right
1: well, the expected, uh, in terms of uh, it could be well, I, I'd sound like a very out, uh, very, <laughs> very like um, romantic person, which I am not, but it is endless, like um you would learn things more about that you don't know yours you yourself i mean coming from two three relationships i learned a lot and i would despite the problems or the things that caused, you know that you you know the two people but despite the whatever Um, I would never trade it or I would go through it again knowing that I would still keep the learnings that I am hopefully applying now. So yes, it's endless. It can be a form of like, for example, during my first relationship, I wouldn't be as tenacious or as fit as this if my ex didn't push me to my limit that, hey, you can lose weight. Or my second relationship would be... um, I wouldn't be as caring or as more empathic if my ex didn't mention that you are very emotionally distant. So despite of whatever the problems that was caused or the troubles that I experienced before, I would not trade it. I would still go through it over and over again knowing that I will be who I am today.
0: All right. And Shai is asking, if yes, then what type of love investments are your preferred choice?
1: Long-term investments. Long-term investments.
0: Okay, that, that, that's fair. Okay, so going no, back that's to... that's a play
1: on word in terms of investments and love. Um, yeah, yeah uh, Shai, uh, you know me. Uh, shy knows me, and even Ben knows me. Um, I would date around. I would meet people. But I would not really invest whatever if i don't see anything in the long term because why would i waste my time or why would i waste because by doing so you are wasting four people's time first you are wasting your time second is you're wasting the other person's time third is you're wasting the person uh the person that should be that person oh wait you are wasting the the time of the person that should be next to you with that other person and you are wasting okay. that future person that you should be dating so you are that opportunity cost that i should be dating the right person but i'm not doing that since it, because i'm dating this person that i know it's not really gonna last for the x two to three or four years so Oof. Sorry, yeah. the next question is... <laughs> but you, you know oh. me, Paul. I would like... No no. Date, no, no, no,
0: your answer is good, but I hope you're ready for the next question. Uh, but you, but you know me... It's kind of blowing uh, up right now. So from <laughs> Regina...
1: Um, but you know me, on the third or fourth date, I would usually ask, where are we going? Where is this going? Okay, but
0: so here's uh, her question. So you mentioned three relationships. <laughs> But you didn't mention the return on investment of the third. Wow, JP. I hope you're drinking something strong, man, because <laughs> I a, am
1: drinking something my strong.
0: And I wish I, I had a You third mentioned
1: three relationships, but you didn't mention the ROI on your third relationship. Um, in terms of the third relationship, it was short. It was the pandemic relationship. It was eight months. So, in terms of the ROI, it's you not just
0: as some people, by the way
1: you know me i date like for three my max was three four years second was around i mean mean,
0: younger people find eight months long already i'm just saying yeah
1: i'm old like i'm old. our generation eight months is not long yeah yeah i'm old so oh joe joe says hi anyway um uh, i mentioned three relationships uh in terms of the roi i learned a lot um in terms of who am i as a person that I think I jumped too fast, too soon in that relationship because, again, I thought I was ready. But apparently, I know, not ready. I was ready. But I thought we were compatible. But as the relationship went on, there were things that we were not really compatible and it clashed. Like we would always fight. So I think because of it, I learned a lot that. Now, I've been single for more almost a year. Um, and you make it I sound like such lo- a long time, by the way. <laughs> oh, sorry. so It's a short time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, now, I look back to that relationship that if I ever get to date again and if I see those patterns happening again, I look away. So I think that's the ROI that I got from that relationship. Reg. I hope we is satisfied <laughs> no, with that
0: answer because I know that took a lot of time.
1: That took a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's it. I, okay, I, think I was uh, wrong, but more of the compatibility wasn't there. Um, our future goals were not as aligned as I'd hope it to be.
0: Okay. Now the next one is from Daniel Garcia Bahau, Bajau. I'm not sorry. Sorry, Daniel. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your last name right. But anyway, hi, JP. What dating apps are you using right now?
1: There are two. Um, The ever popular since college, Tinder. And Sean introduced me to Bumble two years ago. Yes. Yes. Blaming blaming Ash. Yes. (laughs) Hey, he met his girlfriend right now for X years through that app. So I am very, very optimistic. Well, same thing. And with I you, love Shari really. bits. I yeah. love her yeah. to bits. More than my best friend. I'm sorry, Ash.
0: Okay. <laughs> Next question from Daniel. How do you know when it's time to liquidate a relationship? Jesus, Daniel. I like how you just came in and started shooting. Okay.
1: <laughs> Thank you guys. Liquidate is a term that we use in finance. Is you cash yeah. in.
0: It's a Wall Street type of term.
1: Yeah, so you cash in. When it's you know when it's time to cut your losses, that you did everything that you can. Like me, for example, my three-year relationship, three or almost four-year relationship. I know that it's something that it would not prosper further, but it took me one year to fix it. So, um, but I after that, we
0: had similar situations, by the way.
1: Yeah, of course. Oh, hello. So it no, I me- didn't know we had that.
0: I didn't know we had that.
1: Ah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: so it took yeah, me wa-
1: during the three to four years, the last year of the relationship, it was us doing the troubleshooting. And it didn't really pan out well. So when it was the time to quote unquote liquidate or to cut our losses, we talked about it. It has to be mutual that it's more. It- I did everything. Did you do everything? So what's the problem? Can we fix it? If it's not, then it's time to liquidate. It's more it has to be consensual and mutual.
0: Wow. So Daniel, if you have any other bombs that you want to put on, go ahead. But here's my second question to you. Daniel, what? You, Um, you know, best advice for investing. What's the best advice you'd give to someone who's like five hundred pounds? You know, he's like five ten at most, five hundred pounds. Uh, what's the best advice you can give that person in terms of getting fit?
1: Oh. Have, uh, well, the most common is have a goal. But I would not use that term. It's where do you see yourself um, uh, X number of years from now? Do you want to be the best version of yourself? If you want that goal, do you, are you ready to to, are you ready to put in the work and do what it takes? Because, personally, a good example would be the reason that I wanted to lose weight is because I start, just started learning how to play volleyball. And my coach said that if you want to be good at it and if you want to be the bet, best version of a volleyball player that you can be, you need to lose weight. You, need, you can jump higher, you can run faster. Um, in terms of endurance, you have higher endurance. So if you yourself. see yourself being that best version of yourself, then go for it. Curious, what position do you play in volleyball? Any, except setter. <laughs> but mostly I play defense or libero because of my height.
0: Yeah, that is kind of hard. You have to do the pull Yeah, I
1: can't. I can't. It's been years I can't. So I usually do play uh defense, libero, just... It's because of the height wise, because I can't. I play on uh, uh, Spiking Rose as well, but it's mostly for fun games. In terms of tournaments, I can't, because I can't beat a six foot, five ten, five ten to six feet guy with my five, three height. So. I never yeah, knew you were yeah. only 5'2". I thought
0: you were taller, to, to, to be honest. But anyway.
1: It's five, three, yeah. Bad, but when I first I asked... met Rika, that's the, that's the only thing we talked about that night. No, I honestly thought that you were like five six. But anyway, I uh, wish, and I would, but I would, I get that a lot in my pictures. They would tell me, "I thought you'd be taller." I think it's
0: because you have abs. But anyway, no, I, I,
1: do I don't. I don't. Again, everybody. For those listening, I don't. I want well, you so prove me
0: wrong abs. and show your abs.
1: No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just kidding,
0: kidding. Just I'm just, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't want you to to show your abs because <laughs> I'll feel bad. But anyway. So my next one is actually a two-part question because I actually forgot to ask this to you. It's fine. What is the who is the perfect person for you? Like, what are the characteristics that this person should have that for you is like Jesus? This is like the best person for me. Sorry, not perfect, but best person for JP John.
1: Um, to be honest, I get that question from my friends, <laughs> cause you date but. What's the perfect person? Well, not perfect. Maybe
0: best person for you. Yeah,
1: I mean best person. I would always answer with that person knows um what I'm going through, knows what I went through, and knows where I want to go. Because despite of aesthetics or whatever, can be changed. But if your objectives. Or your goals together don't align, you don't have a long-term plan together. And if that person does not understand what you're going through, why you are acting the way you are right now, and why are you who are you right now because of what you went through, then you would have a hard time in the future. It's because you don't understand why. Why are you like this? It's because I'm going through something, or it's because I'm like this, for example. A good example is I have a low self-esteem because I was previously fat before. So even though I lost the weight, I still have that low self-esteem. So if I'm dating somebody and that person would not understand why I have a low self-esteem, then it would be a hard part for me to explain over and over and over again because I can never really go out of that headspace. So if the person understands where I came, uh, where I'm coming from or what the struggles that I had to face, or what struggles I'm currently facing right now, and what are the goals that I have set for myself? Because you know me, I have a one-year, three-year, five-year, ten-year plan for myself, and I reassess every year during my birthday. So if that person understands my that that thinking pattern or uh, my you know why I do that, then that for me that, that's fine. All right, and last
0: question from me, is what advice would you give 10 years ago, J.P. Chong about love?
1: 10 years ago, I was 17 years old, yeah. Thursday yeah. night, drinking with you. <laughs> 10 years
0: ago,
1: on a Friday night in Taft Avenue, either sherwood or barn I would be drinking with you I would tell myself to start making mistakes because you'll learn from that as, as a as, as a young at a young age because before you know me perfectionist but it has to be perfect or I have to do this so that my parents will be proud of me or whatever like that so as I grow as I grew as I grow, grow older, I realized that my learning patterns, the way I learn is by making mistakes and learning from them. So start by making start by being risky. make mistakes and start for the love of God. start dieting and stop drinking but no no drinking no it, drinkings fine but start dieting because um, it would open doors. I mean, in terms of, like, I would have, I think I would have a better self-esteem now, so I'd be more confident in taking on more roles, like, um, in work. Because right now, despite like whatever, I still have that you know self-esteem issue, and that, I think if I didn't follow my parents during my first job, I would be working in my dream companies right now. But it's fine. I mean, start making mistakes. I think that's that, that's the thing that I would tell ten years. Before, Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Drinking a bottle so, of... No, drinking a bottle of 151 that you dared me to take three shots, by the way. <laughs> Perfect
0: night. So, actually, there's one more question from... Sorry, I dropped something. Uh There's one more question from Joe, and I think I kind of understand why he asked this, but I'm not so sure. Maybe I'm just assuming something just based on the memes that Joe and I keep sharing on Facebook, but... Roses are red or roses are pink?
1: I don't want to go political about it, but roses are pink.
0: But I think there are two kinds of roses, right? There are pink ones, there are red but ones. But I prefer
1: the pink one.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just saying that. Yeah, I saw the yeah. argument that there, are, that there are never like pink roses. I'm like, they're like white roses, they're like pink they're white, roses. They're,
1: they're yellow roses, whatever, what have you. Yeah, I
0: mean, wh- why
1: would you only think
0: that there's only red? But anyway, yeah, and Joe said that I am right, but yeah,
1: I think well, the, it, I know the uh, the most popular one is the red rose, yeah, because the, the red blue. color signifies love,
0: yeah. I mean, it comes Great. in all different colors, right? Yeah. It's not like you know, roses are only red or whatever, but anyway. Um Thank you, JP, for being here, for being such a good course, sport. Thank you, thank
1: you very much for I having me. I didn't ask you the I tough love questions. all the questions.
0: Benedict and Daniel who asked you the tough ones. They should have been hosting this. My... this. I should have just lent them I would them after this. I should just lent them my stream. you and you guys could have had the fun time. <laughs> but Anyway, um, JP, thank you so much for being here. Um, thank Let's you say you know someone is watching, and they want to make you lend it or whatever. Uh Where can they uh, message you?
1: Don't <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um I really you know me, I keep a low-profile life. Uh
0: okay, so you don't want to have any plugins or anything, no?
1: No, I um at most I would plug in Swagat, best restaurant out there, guys. Well,
0: I was actually gonna plug them in because I usually thank the sponsors after, but go ahead. Uh, if if I'm going
1: to plug in myself, follow me on Instagram, I guess. That's it. Which is
0: Oh, yeah. JP. <laughs> J-P- yeah, JP, but what's your Instagram about?
1: Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's JPTSONG, which is a play on word of my surname, which is Chong. So that's JPTSONG. That's it. All
0: right. Well, definitely follow JP Chong to see his abs.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: Chai has one pahabal. So any investments they need to make when reaching out to
1: you? emotional investment no just kidding um uh it's more of i know um everything can be talked about if it's like um in terms of like financial advice it's fine um everything is very fluid um i've in terms of my banking career i've talked to a wide range of clients i've talked to like regular joes to millionaires so yeah
0: Cool. Well, JP, thank you. I'd like to also thank our sponsors. So Swagat Indian Cuisine, thank you so much. Uh best and healthy Indian restaurant uh food out there. Healthy, by the way. It's good and healthy. Uh I don't know if they do the calorie count yet, but really good and healthy food. I suggested
1: I suggested it to Ash.
0: Oh, you did? He's taking yeah. that
1: suggestion into account.
0: Okay. But yeah, so swagat awesome. Thank you to Derm Nature as well. Yeah, thank you and also to
1: Derm Nature for sending me. Um, oh, you received it. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I received it earlier. Uh, the okay. guard had to like do the disinfecting thing, you know the the COVID protocols. But I okay, let's, let's talk about much. after.
0: But yeah, I'm glad that you got it already. Yeah, uh, yeah Derm Nature and to Mask and More Manila. Swag- uh, swagat. today. Uh, Iglap will be back again next week. Uh, until then, see you guys. Stay safe. Take care, JP. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, everyone. Good night, night, everyone. Bye.